And I'm sharing this not because I've had so many great stories from my students having great devotions with their families, but because I personally have had great devotions with my family since the start of this crazy COVID-19 business. Um, this was not my idea. It was my wife's, which is no surprise to anyone that knows myself and my wife. Uh, she is the, the I, I married well, well below uh, or well above my, my pay grade. So um, Sandy decided, well, if we're all going to be trapped in the house together, we should all sit down and start our day with maybe like reading a little bit from the Bible. But my kids, I have uh, identical twin boys who are seven in the first grade. And I have a daughter who is uh, almost 11 and is in the fifth grade. And so Sandy's idea was let's bust out like a kid's Bible. So I actually have it here. We use this, the Jesus Storybook Bible. And it, it works obviously mostly for my seven-year-olds, but it actually is not too bad for my daughter, Cecil, who's almost a middle schooler, really because like the boys are there. So she's happy to kind of like go the, the fun kiddish route. Um, but we read that, we read one story out of here and they're all just like narratives, you know? So it's like Jonah or Joseph or something from the New Testament. Um, and then that's it. Like we read the story, takes a couple minutes, we don't do like a Q&A at the end. We just read the story. And then Sandy or I say, okay, if you have anything to thank God for uh, or to ask God for, this is the time to do it. And we usually say like, we'll take our time to wait. You don't have to do it right away. And when you're ready, you, you, you know, give, this, give us the thumbs up. And we wait till everyone has a thumbs up. And then we just go in a line. And it like we encourage basic prayer. Nothing needs to be complicated. If all you have to say is God help me, or God, thank you, and that's fine. Um, and then once we're done praying, so we go through, somebody starts, somebody closes. Again, really, really simple. Then we go over to our table where we usually like have our, our laptops out for uh, work, for school that day. And we write out on pieces of paper that we've cut up. We just, this was origami paper, but it can be white paper, it can be you know, uh, whatever you want it to be. And then each person will take a shape. We've got some colored pens. You pick a colored pen, you write down what you just prayed for, and then we stick it with some like blue, uh, you know, painter's tape on our back door. And should have opened this up beforehand. Let me show you what it now looks like. So we've been doing this obviously for a while. We've been doing this with five people in our family since the beginning of this thing. So like eight weeks. And this is what our back door looks like now. Mm. So the cool thing is, is it's like cumulative. You see the collection of prayers and you can like go back and look at what you prayed four, six, eight weeks ago. And it gives you some perspective on where we've been and where we are. Um, it also just like the more you do it, the more the, you know, whatever place you can do this on a wall, you can do it on somebody's bedroom door. But the more you do it, the more it kind of flowers. And especially if you use multicolored uh, paper, it just kind of gives this feeling of like life and vibrance and growth and uh, as we go through this thing. So however long you want to do this. Um, yeah, and that's kind of it. Like I, I would say if you have teens in your house, like middle schoolers and high schoolers, this is probably not the thing to be reading <laughs> to them. Although, hey, I don't know. Like I said, my daughter's almost in middle school and I think this would work for another year or two. Um, another thing you can do is use, use your phone. And if you have 
the YouVersion app, which is a really great Bible app and free on any app store. Um, and you go to um, devotionals. They have like online devotionals. The Bible Project is great. You can actually, if you have a, an Apple TV, we have, they have the YouVersion Bible app and you can watch these devotionals on your TV. So if like reading a story straight out of the Bible uh, or out of a kid's Bible doesn't seem like your thing, you'd like rather watch a video that explains something out of the Bible. These are very educational, really accessible. There's some that are obviously a little bit more meant for um, high school, college, and adult age, but uh, they're all great. Um, but yeah, search for any other devotional and do them with your family. It doesn't have to be my method. I think just doing something and trying it out and then evaluating and saying, is this working? Not really. Okay, what would work better? What are some of the ideas of the, your, your kids? You know, having your kids lead it by using their own ideas is also a great solution um, if what I'm suggesting isn't working. So I actually feel kind of uh, gratified because we use that Bible and we didn't intend to we just said, you know, what should you pray about? And they normally, my kids only, they normally only have something to thank God for. And I wonder, like, or sometimes they don't have anything and they don't want to say anything. And I just wonder, like, let's say your kids don't say anything. They don't have anything to thank God for or ask God for. When do you start to kind of push and nudge? Maybe push isn't a good word. When do you start to kind of nudge and how do you do that? Yeah, that's a great question. You just, you know, your kids, you watch your, your kids and say, yeah, it probably isn't going to help me to put a lot of pressure. And I definitely don't need to like shame them, you know, to come up with something to say to God. Um, and then if it's just not going to happen, then you're just like, it's okay. Maybe think about it. And if you think about something after we're done praying, write it down on the piece of paper. But I would also say like, if that continually becomes a regular thing, like if every day, then you just have a conversation and don't have it in front of everybody else because again, that puts that person on the spot. But maybe just like, uh, you know, the two of you happen to be in the kitchen at the same time and you just bring it up. You're like, hey, why, you know, is that hard for you? Um, tell me what that's like. You know, non, again, non-judgmental, non-shaming, like help them help you or have them help you understand what's going on within them. And then maybe ask like, is there a way that we could do this better for you? Like what would help you? What would, what would feel less, I don't know, whatever the, the feeling that they're having. Um, just because I think, I remember as a kid, my parents are like, do this. And, I'm, and then I'd shut down and then just yelling, do this louder, you know, didn't help. But having people ask what's going on in you, that's always nice because it means people care about what, you know, what you're struggling with. Even if it's something you don't fully understand yourself, it's at least the like thought that they care, you know. Shay, I really liked how beautiful your back door was with all those colors. Um, I love how that kind of grows through the week. For a while, I did um, a nighttime prayer with my child that was uh, something you're grateful for, somebody or something else that you want to pray for outside of yourself, and then something you want to ask God for help with for yourself, just to be thinking about those different ways that we can pray and be thinking of others and be aware that God is there for strength for us too. Um, so it's, it's more, it's more specific. It's like, I feel like what's good about that is when you have a more specific question, it's easier for a kid to answer than like, what are you thankful for? Or like, let's think about something more specific to be grateful for. 
Yeah, and, and he didn't always have an answer, same kind of thing. Um, but then I just tried to model the things that I was grateful for and maybe things that I needed help with or whatever, just to model out loud. Mm-hmm. Um, or we might talk about, well, what were some of the things that happened today or yesterday that you might be grateful for? Um, and then with our kids in our Godly Play program, that's the curriculum we use for Sunday school, we always say, Uh, as we go around for our prayer time, that maybe you're not comfortable praying out loud or you don't have the words yet and that's okay. Um, And then you can just pass, you know, we pass something physically around that people hold and they can just pass it to the next person. And some of the children will pray out loud, but some will just hold the thing that we're passing. Um, Obviously not now as we're not meeting together, but um, they, many of them would hold it and you could see that they were having a quiet prayer and then they would pass it along. Mm. Um, and, and then I acknowledged at the end that we lift up our prayers that are both spoken and unspoken, um, knowing that God hears us even if we don't know the words or we don't say them out loud. So I think that that, I like, Shay, how, how it's not um, forced. Yeah. One thing, I, before I forget, that you can do too if you don't have a kid's Bible and you don't want to use the app and it's just super simple as if you have a Bible around your house, just read through a book one story at a time. And I would especially encourage anyone who is not really sure where to start to use maybe one of the Gospels. Luke, I think, is a really great Gospel to start with. The fun thing about Luke is that it was Luke wrote that and then wrote the Acts of the Apostles after that. So it's two different books that line up back to back, have lots of fun stories in them. So if you just have your own Bible lying around the house, picking that up and starting with one story at a time is, is a great place. Yeah. Do you, do you go back to those prayers on the door ever? Just oh, kind of read that. Yeah. The other, the other really fun thing is like our kids will draw pictures, you know, within there, like if they've got some extra time or they're just feeling artsy. And so in addition to writing what they prayed for that, that morning, they'll do that. And that's a, a fun thing to go back and look at. Cause a lot of times it'll like symbolize what's in the prayer. And so it'll like catch your eyes. You're walking past the door and yeah. A comment. I love, I was going to say that the door and seeing it, like you just sort of talked about like looking back at the, the, the pictures and the post-its. I think as you're cultivating this in your family and this like, okay, I prayed for something. So what happened with it? And you get to kind of see tangibly, like, you know, you're like, Oh, I, God did do something there or oh, I'm still praying for that thing or that looks a lot different but I just I love that you're cultivating this kind of this rhythm inside your home yeah oh yeah I can like when I do pray for things I can remember that I prayed for them and check up on them again I think that's a really sweet that's a really sweet while we're talking selfishly it's great for us as parents to see our children expressing themselves through prayer and faith in a situation especially like the season we're in and so like, while it's great practice for your, your children, your students to like grow in their own practice of prayer, it's so nice as a, as a parent to be like, my kids are praying. And more than that, I'm hearing what's on their heart and I know what's important to them, whether it's out of, um, you know, gratefulness or if it's out of like a desire to see something changed. And I'm actually really, really surprised. My kids do a lot of whining. And during the season, I've heard a lot of that whining, <laughs> but I'm, I'm always surprised at how many of their prayers are prayers of, of thanks during this, because I think when they're addressing God, they're kind of changing their mindset. We are there, like as a parent, I understand, we are kind of the wall that they scream at. 
You know, we are the like place that they vent their frustrations and anxieties. So sometimes we get a lot more of the negativity from our children than is actually really in their hearts. Like there may be a lot of positivity going on, but your children, especially in adolescence, are expressing a lot of neg negativity. And a practice like this gets you the window into some of the positivity going on in their lives. Um, and I want to, uh, the resource that I want to share is just an easy way. Like it's almost like this beginner step of just bringing scripture into your house and maybe um, a way that you're already doing something. And so uh, I have friends that do something with their kids and they call it functional faith. Um, and what this means is uh, they work out as a family. And this is probably more maybe, it can look differently for different ages. Um, but they, as a family, they have a verse of the day and they have it written down and then they do an exercise together. While they say the verse, they look at the verse um, and they just uh, are thinking about the verse. And what I love about this is like you're, when you're working out or you go for a family walk, like you're already doing something intentional, um, something disciplined. And so then having the verses and having them just reading over them and saying them, um, you get to sit in that while you're already being reflective. And it's something like, I don't like running. I absolutely, we talked about this earlier when we were sort of preparing for this. I really don't like running. And so when I go running, I will actually have a verse that I'll write down um, on like a little card or I'll write it on my hand. Um, and I've done that. And I've just said the, that verse over and over and over again while I was running to try to forget that I was running. Um, but what I, I love is so then it's like you are disciplining your body and you're disciplining your mind. And I think especially in quarantine, everyone's trying to not get uh, quarantine 15, like the freshman 15. People have been using that hashtag of no quarantine 15. And so a lot of families have been working out together. And so this could be just a really easy way to incorporate scripture is as you're moving your bodies together, you're also um, just reflecting on scripture at the same time. So it's really easy, like just putting it on a whiteboard, wherever you work out, putting it on a card, um, on a piece of paper, and just having one verse. And you can easily use the verse of the day from the YouVersion Bible app. Um, and every day they give just one verse, and that can be your verse. And if you want to go a step farther, like you can just say it together as a family, and then it, it's just settling on your hearts. Or you can have a question that they could be thinking about while working out with that. Um, so it's functional faith. So you're working out while also working out your faith. <laughs> <laughs> That's cute. <laughs> well, I love that because it's, it's like a moving prayer in a way. It's like you're focusing on that scripture and then you're moving your body. Um, yeah. But I would walk rather than run. That's my personal recommendation because I do not like to run. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, but I really like that. Thanks, Shelly. Yeah. And something that I just noticed, especially with teenagers, is they talk more when they're working out or not just working out, but walking. Like if you're doing something with them, there's more opportunities for a conversation than just sitting and staring at each other. Um, so that's, I've always Absolutely. find most effective is like, I go, have gone with students before quarantine and we go take our dogs for a walk together and um, talk about 
bring up a verse and talk about it or, and they're more likely to talk because they don't have to stare at you in the face. They have something else that they're doing that then, yeah. So you, uh, like you read the verse or you read it like just before you leave. Is that what you're saying? Or, cause I am, I get, I am extremely forgetful. Yeah. But how do you, how do you get it in there to begin with? Cause I know in the first quarter mile, I would have forgotten half the words. Totally. And I'm a visual learner. And so when I work, if I work out and have it, I can like write it down somewhere or write it on your skin. <laughs> you know, like marathon runners write stuff on their skin. Uh-huh. Uh, or you could have a card that you could have and look at if you take like a break as you go. Um, yeah. I'm totally a visual. I'm not. Um, and I'm not good at memorizing scripture. And so this is the one way that I, I do you got to find people who are good at memorizing things and bring them with you. Yes. And then they'll, they'll say, Oh, remember this. And even if you just remember one word in it, I think it's helpful. Yeah. I have a, a, yeah. I have a divisional coordinator who will take a stack of three by fives with him when he goes on like long runs and prays for his whole division that way. So I'm sure if you can take a stack of three by fives and go through them and pray for people, carrying a little slip of paper while you're running or walking or whatever, I'm sure, you know, even if it just, just to like, if you just happen to forget it, you look at it as a cheat sheet. I know some people have home gyms in their like garage or one of their rooms. And if you just get like a whiteboard and you can put it on there and then um, that's this family that does functional faith together. That's what they do is they write on a whiteboard. And then I think with you, the, the one thing you said about that, it's, a lot it's a lot easier and more natural to do it when you're out and about doing something it's easier to talk about these things it's so true i mean i, I mean it is you know we all have these dreams of, of us getting you know teenagers or our children together in a around a table talking about deep things and like i mean did we not forget when we were 15 how much we loved doing that <laughs> we did you know so and you could be, your exercise could be throwing a Frisbee and maybe yeah. it's written on the Frisbee. <laughs> yeah. 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 That was going to be my question is like when I was a teenager, I hated physical activity. So what do you do if you've got students in your home that are like, nope. So Frisbee, any, any other creative ideas? Yeah. I think any, like it could just be going for a walk together, a family walk or taking your pet out. Um, throwing a frisbee yeah it could be really really simple um whatever's in your family realm of getting outside and what's nice about quarantine is we're all tired of being inside um and most kids have i've seen in our neighborhood more kids outside than ever before could be a family bike ride um or i was thinking maybe it's just sticking it on the top or the bottom of the tv when you're gaming you know yeah (laughs) whatever you're doing with your body do it with your mind as well so yeah i was gonna say that one of our students we have actually there's two families that are doing this but as far as like you know non-exercise like i don't want to run i don't want to do like the physical thing if they're more into like the like doing arts and stuff like that i have one high school student who's taking rocks and writing verses on them like having some color behind them and then just dropping them along the path as she as she goes um and then uh, there's another family. They're doing that with like seashells and then they're just placing them. So they kind of like make it in vibrant colors. So like 
you know, you do like a backdrop on, you know, just like paint whatever you want on the rock and then you Sharpie a verse uh, on the rock and drop it. And that idea is like, you know, if you're not going to run it, you're meditating on it in some capacity, but then you're kind of, you know, distributing that and uh, as a means of encouragement. Do they live in Novato? Uh, one family, yes, one family does. Because there was a random, like beautiful little rock right up, right off our sidewalk and it had, you know, just the word love or peace on it or something. And I thought, I think someone left that there intentionally. <laughs> yeah. You know. And there's other, yeah. I mean, people doing that uh, for sure. Like there's, I think there's a lot of people who are doing some things like that. But from the spirit, you know, from the, the, the faith perspective, it's like an easy way. Like, gets, like get kids moving and get them off their phones, draw on these rocks. And then we're going to go on a walk and just place them. And that's it. <laughs> so, yeah. So one of the, my children are also identical twins, but they are only five. Uh, this is something I learned from a family that I, I stayed with once when I was speaking at a retreat. They, they, had, they had so many kids in their home. I don't remember how many children they had, but they were all ages uh, or families. But they, every week, they would have one person in their family decide on a verse or just some lyric or some inspirational quote that the whole family would think about for that week. Or, and so you could change the amount of time. It could be every day, it could be every week, it could be every month that you do this. What is the thing you want us all to think about? And so, you know, we had, the last one I did was something, was a really long thing about gratitude because I'm an overachiever. And it was, you know, like, I don't know, probably 20 words. It was a lot of, and I guess they got to practice their writing. It, and so this is his card. And so he just wrote, never give up. He remembers that because I, I gave him a picture of Jim Valvano once to encourage him. And I said, you're just like this guy. He told everyone never give up. And so he said, I want our line for the week to be never give up. And so I wrote, I wrote it down myself. And so we, each person in the family writes it down. And then we similar to some things you've heard already, we scatter it around our house, uh, on the mirror, on the doors, and it's kind of our, our goal to memorize that thing. So again, it could be a Bible verse, or it could just be any kind of uplifting quote that is meaningful to you. So, I think that seems like something that um, like even teenagers could mm -hmm. get involved with, and in, in just the, the way that kids like to be able to have choice. So for them to get to pick something themselves, you know, that the whole family will be thinking about is really cool. Yeah, I thought about, you know, the family that, that I saw do this, they were a little more controlling about it, but I thought, but they did, you know, they allowed everyone to, to pick whatever. But I thought, you know, okay, like I'm to no one's surprise, kind of a nonconformist. So when I was a teenager, I've probably would have tried to find some kind of uplifting dead Kennedy's quote from a line or something. It would be, you know, the line itself would be permissible, but the band is probably not one that you'd be playing in your church. So, uh, but I think that was, that to me was what I think works for older kids who are in your house. You know, if you've got just a funny movie like Elf that you like, and you just want us all to think about that line, that's okay. That's fine. Just uh, whatever, whatever sort of one-liner you want us all to think about, you know, it's it's your choice. So, 
And have you ever had to like um, modify anybody's? I know you have younger kids, so it probably hasn't gotten to the point where what a teenager might share, but. No, we haven't. I mean, when I think about any of these things and how much you kind of push or prod, uh, Shay, you did a great job explaining this, that, you know, you don't, you don't need this to be another kind of overbearing thing where it doesn't feel like they could be heard. Um, I, I also think at the same, I, I also know, you know, we have two very different personalities in our house and the one who is more like me, who will push the envelope. Uh, like, I don't feel bad about saying, you know, th there's another way, there's another kind of uplifting quote that you can use here, but this isn't it. Um, so you don't need to leave the whole topic behind, but we need to find a better way to phrase this because uh, it's for the whole family. Like think about something that's not just good for you. Think about something that's good for our whole family. You know? um, and what I wanted to share about was it's called praying in color. I, uh, took a workshop at a Christian educators conference several years ago and learned about praying in color and I've since um, used it for myself. I use it to pray for the kids in our congregation and I've used it with kids uh, at our summer camp. Um, and I'm currently using this as my practice during quarantine. So praying in color is actually there's a book uh, that you can order praying in color. It's by Sybil Macbeth. And it's just a way to focus yourself in prayer. Sometimes people don't feel comfortable like they have the right words to pray or your mind gets distracted and you kind of start thinking about your other things of your day. Um, and so praying in color is an easy way just to focus yourself and center in prayer without needing to have words. So I'll show you the website for Praying in Color. It's prayingincolor.com. And then if you look up the book, it's prayer plus doodling, it says. Um, and she just gives a little kind of um, example of why she started Praying in Color and what, this, what the good reasons are for doing Praying in Color. So when you maybe don't have words or when staying focused is a challenge, um, you want to hang out with God but don't know how. Uh, listening to God feels like an impossible task. Your mind wanders. You need a visual way to pray, or you just need a new way to pray. And so all you need is, you know, something to color with and some paper, and you can get going. So on her website, there are also some examples of praying in color. And so here she's just listed Jesus or God, and then just doodling from there. So it's just a good way to quiet yourself and to be um, focused. So for me, I've been using it now in quarantine as my morning reflection or part of my morning re reflection. And I do some reading, um, some spiritual reading, whether it's from the Bible or for, from some other um, literature. And then I've been taking uh, a phrase or a word that I get from that and then illustrating that and adding to it. And so I will show you. Um, some of mine. And first, the first one I'll show you is one I did a while ago, and it was just a prayer for my family. And so I was thinking about God as my rock, and so there's my rock underneath that hand. I traced my hand, I put in God, and listed the different things that I wanted to pray for. So our world, and then my different family members, and then just 
filling it in and coloring it and having some fun there. Um, and then I've used it also as a way to pray for a friend on her birthday. Um, here you can see I listed my friend's name, surrounded her with God, and then added the different things that I was praying for her. And then I ended up just writing a little note. I took a picture and I emailed that to her because she lives in Europe. But I've also, um, the kids at church, I've done a drawing for them for their birthday, similar to this. I write a note on it and then I send it to them in the mail as their birthday card. So I think it's a nice way if you're praying for somebody um, that you can let them know you're thinking about them and, and you know, take it one step further from prayer and, and mail it to them. And then this is kind of how I do if I've read something that stuck out to me in the scripture, then I kind of draw it and color it in. And then the other thing that I do after I do that, if I'm motivated to do that, that then I sometimes add to it different words. So let us love one another. I thought about the different things I could do to love one another and I write that out. So make breakfast for my family speak kindly of others, volunteer, call my aunt. So the different ways that I could put that into action. Um, and then here's another one. I pulled out the word life from my reading and I wrote down all the different things that bring me life, that I can feel that abundant, li abundant life that Jesus wants for us. So it was kind of a way also to be grateful of the different ways that I find life. And so I think that this is just a good thing that is accessible to anyone of any age. And you could pull out your art materials and sit down with the family and kids love to draw. And so it's a way too, if they don't know how to pray or don't want to pray out loud, um, that they can just have that moment of quietness and reflection and meditation um, at any point in the day. But um, for me, it's morning. It's yeah. easy, right? It's just doodling. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So. I, I love that. I, um, I remember when I was in Kansas city working with high schoolers, um, I had some girls come over and was like, we talked about what is God teaching you in this time? And especially in quarantine, what is God teaching you? And then we just drew pictures. And for some kids, they found a picture online that they felt kind of represented that, which I'm, I'm not an artist creative. So I like looking at other pictures and then trying to paint it. Or some kids just like painted a color and like painted a multiple colors, splotches of colors. And I think what I love about the creative piece is it really is just, you don't have to be an artist. You can just express it in a different way. And it's like a fun family activity to do together. Totally. I, I know I, I, I did this with our summer camp kids a few years back and we talked about prayer as a practice and praying in color. And then we took time to do it and they love that. Mm -hmm. and again, it was nice to see what was on their hearts. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's amazing how much I'm blown away. I don't remember coloring a lot like in middle and high school, but it's funny. Like they all, we do this normally. We do. I mean, of course not everyone, but a lot of them did. And I, yeah, that was so. It's it's more attainable than it than it sounds to us non-artists. Is it is this something you like? I would almost see this as something we would do with our more ADD kids, like with the TV going, you know, in the background. 
I mean, you're still kind of focused on something. Like it as a way to stay focused um, and as my quiet time with God. But uh, I think you have to do whatever is going to work for yourself, your kids, your family. And I was thinking about um, basically the ways I'm going to speak directly to parents of teenagers right now. I'm going to give two things. I'm going to, one, I'm going to expand upon a resource that Shay kind of mentioned already as far as spiritual engagement. And the other one's going to be about encouraging basically your own self-practice because I'm a firm believer that if, uh, if we are better leaders for me to be a, the best youth pastor, I can out kids, but I need to be, I need to be calm presence. I need to be working on my own spiritual life. Well, and for parents, um, I believe that the calmer the parent, the more reflective the parent, the better parent you will be just in general. So I'm going to give two resources that kind of point to that. So the first um, is Shay talked about already the Bible project videos, I think are tremendous resources for students. I'm going to go ahead and share my screen with that too. And this is my, this is my challenge. So here's, if you just scroll through, this is the YouTube page, but they have a website too right here. If you go to bibleproject.com that you can kind of thumb, you can thumb through the videos, this direction, they break it up really well. Um, and then even the thematic styles are super great, but on YouTube, I'm thinking like, okay, so here's my idea. If you are, uh, you're like, we're going to watch a family movie because family movie night is like a go-to right now for quarantine, for quarantine. You say, before we watch the movie, we're going to take five minutes and we're going to pick a Bible project video and you pick one and you watch it and you watch it and you ask a reflective question. What stood out to you from the video? Just one thing before you start your family movie. Um, and that is just an easy inroad to like, you're already doing family time, just kind of sneak this in there at the beginning and, uh, have, have just a, even a brief moment of conversation with your teenagers, uh, the content, how they're done, the animation, I think is really good for, for teenagers. And it's not a cheesy, it's not like a cheesy kind of format. Um, so it, I think it's just a great next level stuff. So I use them like, I use them for teaching all the time for Sunday morning stuff with high schoolers when we're not in quarantine. Um, but those are just excellent resources. So that's the idea. Movie before movie night, little spiritual directive moment with your family to engage your teenager with that. Um, ben, and yeah. Ben, I want to just jump in to say about the Bible project. What's great about that is, you know, each of our churches have kind of different philosophies and worldviews and stuff. Right. Why I think it works for everyone is they're not, it, it, they just really kind of explain the storyline and you can kind of draw out from that what you want. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's a very open-ended project, which is very much why I think people love it so much. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. So good. And they're super engaging, like really brilliant illustrations, engaging. Mm -hmm. They're great. Super good. So that's, that's the spiritual idea for getting your kids talking with you as teenagers in the house even if it's just for 10 seconds before you watch your movie night i think those small little things are always a win with teenagers the last thing is uh i think that oftentimes it's hard for like even for me as a youth pastor i'm like what is a way that i can kind of cultivate a rhythm of prayer in my life on a regular basis and we've talked about these different ideas i love like we, we have a plethora of like drawing things, writing things on cards, but when you're individually praying by yourself, walking your dog, uh, going on a hike, whatever that looks like, there's a bunch of different things that we can do. Sometimes I'm like, what, what, how can I change this up and keep this fresh? Or I don't even really know what to pray for. And sometimes even in the effort of trying to pray, I lose, I just get distracted. I start thinking about a conversation I need to have or a task that needs to be done. 
Um, but there is an app, and I'm going to share this as well on the screen. So here it comes, called Praise You Go. And what it is, is it is um, a daily prayer app. You select the dates. So this is like, you know, May 11th. We'll click on that. And then it loads it, and then it plays it. Now, the, and the backgrounds change uh, all the time, too. But this is done. Um, it's by a grouping of people. They do, they follow the lectionary, and they're like 10 minutes, they're 10 minutes long. You can listen to them, you know, in your car when you're walking. I do it all the time when I'm like, I take like a, I, I when I walk my dog, I take a hike, and like, I throw these on, and it is an awesome way to engage prayer. Um, if you funnel through the menu a little bit more, there's different types, like there's the prayers of examine. Uh, there's even prayers of examine for for kids. Um, there's some youth engagement stuff. There's prayers for anxiety. There's prayers um, for uh, depression. It's it just lists it through and it, it allows like a, it's like a group of British people. So they always sound really cool <laughs> and they're guiding <laughs> through these prayers and there's music and they like, they like intro with a song. Um, they'll change up the kind of like the genre of it, but I find them very, very engaging and uh, a way to keep my prayer life fresh when I'm like, I don't know what to pray for. I have no idea what to pray for right now. I'm going to throw that on in just for 10 minutes um, really tangible time, uh, I, I end up being with the Lord and it's super sweet. And the whole goal of that is like, man, it, we're, you know, as we're, as we're quarantined, we're figuring out how to like be good parents, how to, how to engage our teenagers. Sometimes we forget to like engage God ourselves individually. And all we have to do is like, I'm going to take a walk around the block today. And if you do that walk, um, you don't want to quiet yourself. That is an awesome way to, to engage prayer. So praise you go app. My, our church will be thrilled because we, we have some people that love the, the prayers of examine. Like they're all into like Ignatius stuff and mm-hmm. like, wow. Yes. So, it, and that is, that does seem, I, I actually don't think it's over the head of most middle and high schoolers, but mm-hmm. I think to have a more of an entry point, if it's uh, something tailored for students that already works for them, I mean, that's a, makes it a little easier. Yeah, there is. There's a couple of them that are designed for youth and even the ones that aren't like they're 10 minutes. And so if you're like, you know what, in the morning, eat breakfast and we're throw this on and listen to this while we eat cereal together. And that's it. Like, and so I just think the the bite size, especially for teenagers right now, because it's like how much like kids are off doing their homework or like going to go on a hike or locked into video games. And it's so hard to get them engaged at all with you sometimes at home <laughs> and they're tired of you and they want to be away. They want to be with their friends. They want to be back at school, which is like a phenomenon in itself. But teenagers are like, get me back into school. Yeah. These little tiny bite-sized chunks are, I think are just huge wins. So. I think what I like about that is if you as a parent are at your wits end and you're like, I'm homeschooling, I'm working, like this is just something that you hit play. Um, Both the things that you mentioned are just things that you hit play. And I think especially right now when parents are wearing more hats than ever um, to have just, you don't have to think about it. Um, But then it's also teaching you, I think is, is brilliant. Would you be able to just real quick uh, share your screen again, just to show us those other options um, that are on the app, just to see like the, especially the kids. And it's fun because I don't always see like kids prayer of examine, but it's really cool Mm -hmm. that the app has a prayer of examine for adults and then one separately for a kid, which. Yeah. So here's the, this is like the home screen. 
and then you click on prayer tools and then it walks you through and here's like, you know, you can pick, these are specific ones walking with the Lord, but there is a special exam for children an examine for the family. There's some Lectio Divina the young adult examine. Uh, and then as you go down, you have loneliness, insomnia, grief, depression, anxiety, aging, addiction. You have more thematic elements as well. Breathing prayer at the very bottom, body prayer. So it's pretty intensive and it's free, which I think is just super cool. You can download it as well. Um, and then even in here, as you go into like, you know, the song section, here's the ones from the days. And these songs are super cool. And you'll see like they, they do kind of get like a really cool um, flavor of different styles in there too, which is pretty awesome. So cannot recommend this app enough. It is awesome. Yeah, different styles and diff like the songs that they choose can be really um, multicultural. Yeah. Uh, sometimes it's like they have a South African um, group, or sometimes it's like um, maybe in a different language. And I think that's cool for students and children to know like Jesus doesn't speak English. He doesn't just speak American Christianity, but is worldwide in this multicultural as part of body. That's every time I like hear the songs I'm not familiar with. I'm like, oh, like sometimes it is the Church of England choir. Sometimes mm -hmm. it's African um, church that leads. And so yeah. um, even, what's that one band? Gunger. Is it Gunger that one time? Yeah, Gunger, yeah. Gunger was on like, so it's totally different styles. Um, Hispanic and yeah. So yeah, like you said, Shelly, just play as you go type stuff, upload it, like open it up, press play. And um, I think those are great, great uh, tools to just give it a shot. Yeah, I was just going to say, um, you know, in terms of like doing either of these practices with your teen and, and you said like kind of just having them share, even if it's just a little bit, I think sometimes um, what I notice is that it's going to come out later. Mm -hmm. So you might watch something or hear something and it might be later that night. It might be the next day if you're out for a walk or so it might, it's going to come out sometime. Mm. Um, some reflection on that or, Hey, remember this or, you know, whatever it is, it's going to come out and surprise you that, Hey, they were listening or they were watching or this did mean something and, and then getting to hear what's on their heart about it even if it doesn't come out like that, like, Hey, I want to share my heart with you, but you know, like, totally. um, yeah. yeah, but it, it's going to come out in some little way. And if it's okay, I want to share one more. Yeah. This is, this is not a, this is not a, uh, I don't think it's something our family would do regularly. This is more like a one-off kind of a bigger thing, but I, also in my travels, I stayed with a family that had a, like a world map. They had one of those really big ones, but you could find any kind of map and find a way to do this, pin the tail on the donkey. And what, what they would do is they would have one of their kids stand across the room and throw a dart at the map. And whatever country it landed on or close, and they had, they would do something. Russia actually would get hit a lot. Uh, <laughs> So they would, because it's just a big area at Canada, but they would, they had different rules like, okay, we're not going to do that country again. You can pick one that's bordering it, something like that. So mm -hmm. what they would do is the mother would look up uh, through her church uh, or through their denomination, 
any missionaries or she would, I guess you could just Google now missionaries in that country and would reach out to them and say, you know, can just reach out to them in some form of email. And I have, I don't know about any of you, but I have plenty of friends who are missionaries in other countries and they love getting these kinds of emails. Just, is there anything our family can send you and how can we pray for you? And they would make a meal. This is why I say it's not something we would do regularly. They would, so whatever country it was, they'd find the missionary, ask them what it was that they wanted them to pray about, what they could send them. And then they would try to cook a meal that was representative of that region. And they would spend sort of like that whole evening, they would do it. uh, If I remember this correctly, they would do it on like a Friday night, they would pick the country. And then that Saturday, they would, the mom would spend kind of preparing for that evening where there would be a meal uh, that again is sort of representative to that area. And they would spend time as a family really thinking about what, you know, life is like in another distant area and how they can be a blessing to people over there. And it's something that, that especially I thought kind of pertains to, to the Pray As You Go app. Because, you know, where we are, something I think about with my children is, you know, I always tell people that, you know, Marin County, less, it's something like 4% of Marin County goes to church any given Sunday. So, like, our, our families are all in the minority, so our children are. And you start to think, I, don't want, I just don't want them to think that they're all alone in this faith. And not that that would even be a bad thing, but like there, when we take communion, this is something Christians are doing all around the world in different languages and that all look different from you and they're singing songs differently from you. And it's, it's a, and also uh, I try to just think about ways in our family, how we can, mm-hmm. how we can celebrate other cultures and how mm-hmm. other Christians are doing this around the world. I think it's, if anything, it's just educational for them, you know, so. I was just thinking about, you know, not feeling alone, that that they're not the only ones who practice this or our family isn't. Um, it just reminded me of like watching different movies and even popular culture movies. And then there's a scene where they're at church, you know, or there's something going on where they're praying. And I, I actually just don't say anything. I just watch the movie and um, you know, hope that something sinks in that we aren't alone, that this is, this is stuff you see in popular culture or with musicians who, who say they grew up in church and that's how they started. And so I, I do appreciate those different ways to be and see that we're connected with others and it's not just us. Mm-hmm. And I think with the hope is like when we're working with children and youth and your parenting children and youth, like you're in this for the long haul. So mm-hmm. even if things don't stick now, um, you're in it for the long haul of maybe in their twenties or their thirties, they'll come back and reflect on these moments or even like, it could be as soon as a week from now, like Trish mm-hmm. said that they're like, Oh, this stood out to me. Um, especially teenagers when they're silent during this time and you feel like they're sharing less it's remembering that we're in this for the long haul. We're planting seeds, we're watering um, for one day for there to be growth. And it's okay. I think that's one of the things I liked about, I mean, I stayed with this family for a weekend, you know, and I was lucky enough to see them do this thing on a map. And, you know, we had some kind of a fermented fish, something like that. (laughs) It was 
It was, you know, stuff we eat normally around our house. Just kidding. <laughs> it was just, I, I think, well, I mean, I stayed with them one time and I don't, I won't forget that. And I think, okay, well, what kind of memories, I think there are two things that we, that we're offering. We're through all of this stuff. One is sort of a routine that builds and kind of creates sort of instinctive behavior maybe. And then there are these sort of, okay, just experiences that you don't forget. Mm -hmm. And, you know, yeah. I was thinking about again and finishing up what Ben was talking about by playing the Bible Project. So almost like a trailer before the movie is the way I took that. And I thought, okay, you know, with my kids, if they were going to fight that, I would think, I would say something like, all right, we got to watch this if we're going to get to the movie. It's almost like it's a chore. And in my family, we don't, we don't mind doing that. We see it as, you know, we make them do their homework. We make them practice their sports. Why not make them practice their faith? So, uh, you know, what do you think about in terms of like rewarded rewards for doing your for rewards for being actively engaged in your faith life. You know, if you do these things, we'll get ice cream. You know, if you do these things, then, you know, we'll buy you that thing. I, I just wonder what, what any of you think about like how much you incentivize any of these things. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you say, Ben? I'd just do it. <laughs> like, it, yeah. why not? Like, we incentivize everything. Like, the world incentivizes. Like, the world incentivizes everything that we do. Like, we incent. Like, if I want to, like, for me, I'm like, oh, I want to, I want to eat a slice of pie. But then I'm like, but to do that slice of pie, I need to get my salad first. Like, <laughs> it's like we do it with everything else. So, like, if we're honest, like, spirituality is a it can be a hard thing to, to swallow and to engage in. It just is like, it's, it's a mature thing to, we're engaging scripture, like this library of books that's been written, like, and we're engaging that we're asking kids to engage it. We're trying to engage it. Like there's depth to it. And so to me, it's like, why, why would you not incentivize? Like, cause that's, I, I think the Lord's like, yeah, go for it. Like give your kids some ice cream. Like yeah. why not? Like, I, mean, I don't think you have to be like, if I do this is like, you know, you, you don't have to distinguish like God loves you for doing this this way. And here's some ice cream to show it. Like God loves you whether you get ice cream or not. But I think to engage it, totally do it. I think that's great. I think different people might need different things. Like I don't need incentives to practice my spiritual life because for me, I just love it. Um, mm -hmm. And I love reflection and I love quiet time and I'm an introvert and all of that. But I don't like to exercise. And so both things are good for me. Um, and one comes more naturally than the other. So some people don't need incentives to go out and take a jog or, um, or to eat healthy or whatever, but they might need some incentive for, for another thing, I guess. I, I'm not really sure, but you know, you've heard sometimes like faith is a muscle um, that you need to practice to, to have it be stronger. And and to kind of remember your prior experiences and remember um, some of the scriptures that help you trust in God. And I don't know. So I think in terms of that muscle, um, you do need to practice it to get stronger, even if it's not something that you look forward to. Mm -hmm. um, and I think for me, I, there are certain things that I 
just set as expectations that this is something that we're doing um, and certain things that I might let go. And even if um, that certain someone is not up for the expectation that I've set about what we're doing, I know, like Shelly, like you said, you're in it for the long run. Like, I know that sometimes that will come back and I will see that they were listening or that they took something from the experience, even if it wasn't something that they had wanted to do. And, you know, if you go out for ice cream after church or after doing some spiritual exercise or something like that, I think that's a nice way to build in that routine as a family of these are the things that we do. And who doesn't remember going to church with grandma with like the gum in her purse, you know, or, mm -hmm. or like whatever she had in the purse that was really nice. And you remember that. I think, yeah. And I think uh, two things I think of with incentives is like to make it a family thing. And so as a family, you decide what do we want to try this week together? Like, and so it's not just the parent saying, Hey, this is what you're going to do in order to get this. Instead, it's like we have a family meeting, maybe Sunday night or family dinner table. And we come around and go, okay, we want to, our expectation is we're going to learn more about Jesus this week. What do all, what do we want to agree on that we're all going to try once a day this whole week? And if we do it once a day this whole week, then what are we going to do at the end? Like what's our celebration and have them own what they want to try. If it's like, I want to pray once a day, or I want to read once a day. And then you write it down somewhere and have that visual, just like Shay had, you have it visually down. And then what your goal is, what you want to do, what's your goal, but you decide it as a family. And then there's some ownership to that, to that instead of just a parent to um, child, this is what you're doing. And then you get this. And the, and celebration is a spiritual practice too. I mean, yeah. we, yeah. Christmas, Easter celebrations, you know, birthdays or celebrations, you know, it's a, and I guess I, hearing all of you talk about it, I, I, I think it has to do with how you contextualize any of these things that you do. I mean, like Ben's example that, you know, you offer dessert for eating salad, you know, and Trisha's example that, you know, we have certain expectations in our house. If it's, if the only time you ever talk about any of these things is just when you're doing this, then of course it's going to feel like a chore, mm -hmm. you know, and there should be some joyful reason that you're doing it, whether it's eating well, whether it's taking care of your mind, mental health, whether it's taking care of your soul, it, you know, it, there should be some joyful reason that you're doing it, hopefully, you know, and, and how we, sort of structure our home has a lot to do with that. Yeah. Know? And I think with structuring the home and sort of something else that we talked about with like in it for the long haul and you may, mm -hmm. they may be seeing things is do your kids see you praying? Do they see you spending time with Jesus? And like, even if you don't have the conversation, just modeling that, um, that kids can look back and be like, Oh, I remember my parents, my mom would sit in this chair and read her Bible every day. Or I remember seeing this list that my dad would have of praying for people. And so creating natural rhythms in yourself that your, your kids can see you doing this and it may not be conversations, but they'll remember seeing it. And that'll speak a lot too. And I think about, I, this is such a silly example of that, that I remember, but Jackie Kennedy talking about how 
she always remembers John every night being on his knees at the foot of his bed praying. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that doesn't say anything about anything other about a politician other than that's a good thing. You know, like I, 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 I kneel at our bedside to pray sometimes not because I need to, or not out of some greater sense of piety, but sometimes out of hope that like my children will walk in and see me <laughs> and, yeah. and then they'll know. If I'm just laying in the bed praying, they don't know what I'm doing, but if I'm there, they know. And that, you know, we're not gonna showboat outside the house, but you know, to do, to show, show some sort of example, you know. Like you don't always have to have your door shut and tell your kids mm -hmm. to go away, but maybe in the mornings, you're, pr you're praying out in the living room instead this time, where if they came down and saw, they would take note, maybe. My name is Ben Zulsdorf. I'm the high school director at Marin Covenant Church. I'm Shelly Zulsdorf. I'm the middle school director at Marin Covenant Church. So my name's Shay Morgan, and I am the area director for Young Life in Marin County. My name's Trisha Wig, and I'm the director of Children, Youth, and Families at Mount Tam United Methodist Church in Mill Valley. I'm Jeff Shankle, the Director of Youth Ministries at Westminster Presbyterian Church in Tiburon.